Good day to all of our fans out there. I'm so excited to do another podcast. Remember, you have brought us to the top 5% of global podcasts. And so I can't thank you enough for being such great sharers because you take the podcast and share them with others and they get opened all across the world. So my thank you. Today on On the Brink with Andy Simon, I have a wonderful guest for us. Lori Pine is a beautiful woman who's here to tell you about how she can help you do what I like to help you do. See, feel, and think in new ways so you can get off the brink. So let me tell you a little bit about Lori, and then she'll tell you about her own journey, because you're going to be fascinated by how life is in a straight line, as you know, and it curves and twists, and so can yours. So who is Lori Pine? Lori is a 25-year corporate VP turned certified executive leadership coach, and that's not without mm, importance here. She helps female executives establish healthy leadership patterns practices with the goal of creating thriving professional and personal lives. Working with global powerhouse brands like Anheuser-Busch, the Coca-Cola Company, and Campbell's Soup, Lori learned firsthand the pressures of being a woman on the rise. And today, with Lori's guidance, clients can develop curated action plans that prioritize self-awareness, empowerment, and I better even think a little self-care, allowing them to spend time more time enjoying their lives and less time feeling stuck. So she's going to tell you her journey because it's a really cool one. And then we're going to talk about how she can help you see, feel, and think in new ways so you get off that stuck in place place. And whether you're an executive or a rising executive, you're going to find it very interesting to listen to Lori. Lori, thank you for joining me today. Uh, Thank you so much, Andy, for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Tell our listeners, who is Lori Pine? How did you get to where you are now? Because the journey is an interesting one, important for them. It tells people who is it that we're listening to. So who is Lori? So I'm a girl from Maine. I grew up in pretty humble beginnings, small town, one traffic light. You know, my family owned a restaurant. And so I grew up with really strong work ethic, close Irish Catholic family. And I couldn't wait to leave. I had big (laughs) dreams. I wanted to see a city. I wanted to see the world. And as soon as I was done with college, I was off on a plane. And I I really had aspirations to be a corporate VP, to, you know, climb a corporate ladder, to see the inner workings of, of business and companies and and to have an impact, to to work with smart people and to work on big projects and and in all of that to experience kind of what was out of the the one, you know, state line of the state of Maine. And I really got to do that. And, you know, from Maine, I, I went to Tampa and then I would go on to have seven more states. And and it was a tremendous career in working for three really big global brands and the training that came with that and the the people and the friendships and the experiences. I mean, I I got to do everything from go to the the Atlanta Olympics in 1996 to the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, Australia to, you know, every imaginable NCAA, you know, kind of final four to Super Bowl that you can imagine with some of these big brands. And and in the while, you know, really wanting to be this female who made other female 
relationships and helped other women rise. But, you know, if you think about it in the in the 90s and the 2000s, this was kind of a new concept. And there was a lot of competition and there was a lot of, um, you know, who's going to get the job? Is it you? Is it me? And with finite positions, it wasn't always friendly fire. You know, it, it became this real, it's a limited number. So, um, you know, we we can operate in an environment like that if all we do is work, but that's not all we do. We're human and we're we're having personal lives as well. So I, I would go on to get married. I would have two children. And then I would also go on to get divorced and become a single mom for seven years <coughs> until I ended up remarrying. And there were times in there where, you know, there were some really dark times where I was crying myself to sleep at night, not knowing who I could turn to, not knowing who I could trust. Um, and then 11 years ago, I lost my mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the when your world starts to kind of fall out beneath you, you start looking around saying, where do I turn? And I don't know if I just wasn't aware of the coaching industry or they just weren't presenting themselves to me, but I wish that I had had a coach mm-hmm. who I could have confided in and trusted, who understood what it was like to be in my industry and in my and in my workspace to really help me get through some, some of those dark times, sleepless nights, knotted stomachs, big presentations. But I didn't have that. So learning to navigate all of that on my own brought me to an experience two years ago where I was in this corporate VP role. We were in a global pandemic and my youngest son was really struggling through the pandemic. Um, and it became kind of this pivotal moment for my family where I actually made a decision to become a stay-at-home mom when he was 17 years old. And it was one of those experiences and moments in time where I never could have predicted it. If you had told me it was if it was going to happen, I would have told you there's no way. But here I was. And it made all the difference in the world for my child and for our family. And it gave me some space to hire a coach and to say, what do I want to do next to my career? And so here we are today. How interesting, because, you know, you're you're talking about your perspective of that rising star in a corporate environment that challenges, amongst others, men and women, for fewer and fewer slots. Sometimes they complain that the pipeline has nobody in it, and sometimes they don't realize that they jumped off because it wasn't exactly a great journey to get someplace, and did you really need to be there? But sometimes you don't know who you are and what you're looking for. And that sounds like your epiphany, which was, oh, man, where am I? Why am I doing this? And is this really me or what I want to do? Your aha moment was a catalytic moment with your son. And that transformed him and transformed you. What are you entirely entirely? Because now you are a life executive coach, correct? Yes. And in that training, I have a hunch you went through your own self-discovery. Did you not? Yes, for sure. And I have been on a journey 
of self-discovery for probably two decades. You know, when you go through a divorce and your children are two and four, you're kind of of say, I need to be self-aware. What is happening here? Uh, So it had been a almost two decade journey of self-discovery. But in my executive um, coaching program at Rutgers that I went through about a year and a half ago, yes, it took me through some really profound exercises with my cohort and the, you know, the instructors and, you know, you're taught to really ask these profound questions. And some of those questions are like, wow, unnerving. Yes. So yes, it, it gets to some really deep stuff. Well, sometimes we can only move forward, not by going backwards, but by going inside. It was inside. In And I have a hunch in your executive coaching now, you help women do the same type of dig inside to know not the past, but where the future is coming. Am I right? Absolutely. You know, I think the therapy field really works on the past. That's not my expertise. It's the it's it's an inside job. And that's what we really try to cultivate. Yeah. Well, in that process, what are some of the things that you're discovering? You don't have to cite anybody, but I have a hunch that the process itself is a bit abstract for our listeners or our viewers. So what does an executive coach like yourself do? You're not helping them grow the business. You're helping them grow themselves. Yes. Grow themselves, understand themselves. You know, who who am I? Who really am I as a person? And where, where am I willing to bend and where am I not willing to bend? Where am I bound? boundaries. What does, you know, for busy, you know, either rising star or executive, you know, where's my self-care? I can't be all work. I can't be all mother. I can't be all wife. I need some self-care of my own. And and what does that look like? And, and I really talk to my my clients about, you know, I'm I'm not just talking about a day at the spa or mani-pedi. I'm talking about your boundaries, your ability to say yes, and your ability to say no, that, that are, to things that are meaningful to you, you know, your ability to be able to discern when somebody's taking advantage of you and to, to be able to identify that, you know, your ability to be able to raise your hand and ask for help and don't, and not to see that as a sign of weakness. Um, also your ability to be able to, to speak your truth in a way that's not whining or complaining, but it's your truth. And to do that so that it it comes across empowered. And so just those things alone can be impactful and cha- change a trajectory for somebody. Um, one of the things that really was important to me as I s- built this coaching practice was I really thought about the young woman I was who was crying myself to sleep at night, who didn't know where to turn who was so busy that she could hardly eat eat lunch, you know, at my desk with a Diet Coke and a bag of pretzels. And to think about the, you know, that time-starved, energy-starved person who's probably now Googling at night or watching something on TikTok for a solution. But what she really needs is somebody maybe to hold her hand who's been through it and knows knows what she's experiencing. And so that's really what I've tried to do. 
And now, a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled, or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. You know, you mentioned to me before we started about resilience, tremendous amount of discussion about women's resilience now, and you had some ideas about how you help them, in fact, believe that they can be resilient. You clearly found a pathway, wasn't easy. You know, what are some of the things that stressed out women should think about to allow them, with or without a coach, to begin to resolve some of these complexities? Um, some can afford a coach. Some may not even know where there's one, as you did. Um, but I have a hunch you can give them some wisdom. Yes. You know, I, I think it's important to have a group of like-minded women that you talk to, that you surround yourself with, whether it's a networking group or a, a peer group in your work, lots of HR departments have employee resource groups, you know, to be a part of something where there's like-minded women that you're talking to. A friend group um, where you're going out and you're talking at night and you can you can share, hey, here's what's going on. Those soul connections can be just so enriching to our whole life. I mean, you know, Andy, you have you have those groups in your life. I know you do. Um, and so that is the opposite of isolation. You know, when we stay isolated, there's very little room for resilience because we we stay really stuck. Yeah. So to, to get out of the isolation, to be in connectivity, to be in collaboration with women who are very like-minded, that helps with resilience. Um, also, a simple act of resilience is to rest. Sometimes that's very counterintuitive for us. We don't want to rest. We want to keep on going because that to-do list is so long. But simply to get eight hours of sleep can change everything for us. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the science of well-being, that's the most popular course at Yale, sounds like you. 
because I, I took it. I had uh, the Denver Mental Health Centers as my client. And they said, before you work with us, you have to take the science of well-being. Yeah. And and as I listened in, remember, these are Yaleys. They worked really hard to get into Yale and their most popular courses because uh, they're depressed. <laughs> and I laughed, guys and gals. And, and what does she teach them in the science of well-being? This is all in your hands. This is not that hard. What are the first things? Right. Acts of kindness. They gave people money and said, you can keep it or give it away. The people who gave it away had a huge sore in their well-being. And those who kept it had nothing. And they did it in Africa. And the same thing happened. It was human, not, not a particular culture. And then they found that not only acts of kindness, but gratitude, things that we know. But you send out three notes at the end of the day, and your self-worth goes up, and their, their happiness goes as well. It doesn't take much to have. You can have a gratitude diary. Oprah will sell you one for $29. Or you can just <laughs> yes. do things that give you gratitude. The others were, yes. like you're saying, you must eat and sleep. The human body needs mm -hmm. peace, and they need exercise. And and it is it is a mystery to us why we've put ourselves to such a bad state. Bad enough we've lived alone during the pandemic, and we haven't been able to get out and have community. But we really haven't realized that it puts us into a depressed state. We have no one to talk to. Humans are herd animals. We need to have other humans. We need to celebrate with them, share with them. And and I have a hunch both you and I, between our spouses and our family, have realized that, that the community um, doesn't fatigue us. It en en enriches us. And so yes. one resilience tool I have is, you know, build a community of friends you can trust and enjoy them. Yes. And don't live alone if you can help it. Right. Agreed. Ag agreed. A hundred percent. You know, um, the the opposite you know, the end of it gets to be burnout. And we're hearing so much in the media and Harvard Business Review about these studies on burnout. And that, that seems to be like the end of the scale, you know, yes. in terms of this resilience scale. And, you know, when we get to that point of burnout, it's as though we've, we've left ourselves so untended for so long, trying to please everybody else. Yep. That, there's nothing left in our gas tank. Yep. So at, at some point we have to stop and say, how do I put fuel back in my own gas tank? You know, and, and like there has to be a flag in the ground um, with all of the things that you just said um, and a sense of worthiness that says I'm worth it. I am disturbed that the corporations like the ones you talked about, whether it's Anheuser-Busch or Coca-Cola, whoever, don't realize that they have a responsibility to allow and enable their employees, men and women, to have a life worth living. And part of that is having some time, um, some community. Those ERGs are far too formal then to be communities. People are getting community fatigue. Um, but but they this is not a mystery for them either. And and so a little note of gratitude coming from a senior to a junior person is not so terrible. And beginning to get people to have a little lunch together and just sit and talk about life or the baseball game with women and not to keep them out of that beer party on Friday night that the guys go out to um, and bring them in, even though they have to go home and watch their kid play soccer. I mean, there's a time now for a cultural transformation. Employees have 
earn the right to control the environment in which they are working. Employers, if we want to keep the talent, better wake up to see this is a new world. And if you don't take stock soon and do something, did anyone at the large companies um, actually think about your behavioral health, your mental health, your well-being as part of their job? Yes, I think that they did. And I think that there were certainly initiatives for that, but it became very much a mixed message. So on the one hand, they're thinking about it, there's programming, there's initiatives. And then on the other hand, every two years, like clockwork, there was a reorg. Yes. And there was a restructuring and people were let go. And it created such anxiety, you know, were, yes. were you going to be let go? And so, and so it was one thing if you were going to be let go, you know, were you going to have a job? Were you not going to have a job? But the the flip side of that was, were you going to have a job without all of the support of the people who were just let go? Yes. And so every two years you were going through this learning curve of either a new role or learning to operate with fewer people and this whole mantra of, you know, we can do it. We we can do more with less. And well, you so, can, it, so you burn them all out. Right. And so it always contradicted the other. Um, and that became just an expectation that this reorg was coming, this downsize was coming. It was kind of the era of Jack Welch and, and his yes. management well, mantra that all of corporate America seemed to buy. <laughs> I, I, you know, with the advent of AI and the fear that this is going to lead to job changes, if not job losses. I think we're going through the next transformation, which makes the work you're doing for women and perhaps for men too, extremely timely. And how do we prepare for the, I mean, I teach a program on the, on fast changing times. How do you adapt and thrive in fast changing times? Because the times are not getting slower. And if you don't understand why change, humans hate change. They like the habits. They would rather do yesterday's today rather than think about learning something new. So that's who we are. Now the question is, the times are changing. And now as you look forward into the future, you see anything coming that you can share other than how you're going to help people to survive in this. Yeah, I think that openness, willingness, you know, kind of setting aside everything we think we know is is how we're going to operate because it is coming so fast. I mean, if you just think about what's happened in the last decade, how much technology has changed, how much um, all of our working style has changed, what the pandemic alone did to working yes, styles, hybrid, hybrid work, in-office work. I mean, every day there's a new article about hybrid versus remote versus 100% in-office and which way is it going? So I, I do believe it's willingness and openness and the more we can educate ourselves, certify ourselves, and be willing to pivot, better prepares us. And maybe a little executive coaching could help you prepare to pivot. Uh, because 100%. You waited every two years for the reorg, and now the reorg is every day, it feels like, right? Life is a reorg. It, it does it does feel like it does feel like that. And if you look at the headlines, you know, somebody's reorging, some major company is reorging every single day, 10,000 jobs, 12,000 jobs, 25,000 jobs. So it's happening right here. And, and, you know, people are afraid right now. Um, you know, and so how do people preserve themselves, help themselves? Wonderful. Um, Lori, this has been such a pleasure. Can you share with our listeners two or three things you don't want them to forget? They have more 
autonomy and power than they think that they do. Yes. The answer is within. It is not without. It is within. And self-care is more than a mani-pedi. We can learn to take care of ourselves um, in many ways that are life-changing. Those are just beautiful. I was hoping you would say those. Those are just wonderful for our (laughs) listeners and our viewers. You know, Lori has gone through her own great transformation. Her journey has been not without bumps and, and bruises. And now she's here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways so that you can get resilient, yes, but the times they are changing. And how do we prepare ourselves for something that people, by and large humans, hate change? Lori, how can they reach you if they'd like to talk to you? You can come to my website, lauripine.com, where I have a freebie for everybody who uh, five self-care habits you did not learn in the boardroom may be intriguing. <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at lauripine. I think that's just great. Uh, the joyful CEO. I think this yes. is so much fun. Uh, for my listeners, thank you for coming. As always, I truly appreciate it. Um, most of you have gotten my book, Rethink Smashing the Myths of Women in Business or On the Brink. A fresh lens to take your business to new heights. So many of you have called and emailed and thanked us for the wisdom we try to share. My new book comes out in September. You can pre-order it now, and I urge you to. Amazon loves pre-orders. It's called Women Mean Business, and it's under Andy Simon. And it is a time for us to realize that women do mean business, not simply because they're moving up that ladder, but because they're building businesses that are productive and financially very remunerative and really successful in different ways. They lead differently. They see the world differently. So we have 500 plus insights from leading women in that book, ready to help you turn a page and change your life. It's a time for change and you're going to enjoy it. Lori has a great smile. Lori, thank you for coming today. Thank you so much, Andy. It was a pleasure. And my pleasure for all of you. And keep listening, sharing, and have a great day. Bye-bye now.